Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. It is Jed. How are y'all doing? It's a Sunday night for me. I am catching up on some uh, much-needed editing and work. So I got these. So I got these two episodes that I did with uh, Joey Svensson, one, and then uh, Dave from Dopey for uh, his Patreon. Me and Joey uh, from uh, Pastor with No Answers recorded this episode. I don't know, like five or six months ago maybe my timing is kind of off but it was a while ago but it's it's funny that it got released because it's pretty timely um all about you know my mental health struggles and getting back on medication so it was really funny that it, it got released on this and coincidentally uh me and dave also uh talked about my really shitty mental health right now so i I hope I always wonder if I like self-disclose too much or if I bellyache or you know I'm charting to the negative a lot but I hope that uh the vulnerable vulnerability pronounce words Jed uh is helpful and I hope it just lets people know that you know you're not the only one that that's my hope and just just some comfort in that and uh I don't know just enjoy listening to me bare my soul uh send me an email too if you uh if you relate to it or if you're struggling with something we can uh we can commiserate and we can uh help each other maybe so send me an email church and other drugs at gmail.com uh catch the patreon patreon.com slash church and other drugs and merch at storefrontier backslash dot com slash church and other drugs and all the music is on my uh, Spotify playlist, uh, Church and Other Drugs. You can search that on Spotify. All right, enjoy. Check, 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 check. Check. What's up, man? How's it going, Mr. Mister Jed Payne? That's a pretty killer name. It, is it? You think yeah, so? Yeah, I like it. I like it. I appreciate it. Like when you were in school, did you say, my name's Jed, Jed Payne, and like stare down people? No, no. This is how it would go. I'd say, hey, my name's Jed, and they'd go, Jet? And I go, no, Jet. no, no, Jed. And they go, Jet. Jeb? And I go, no, 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 Jed. So my, my go-to, and it doesn't really work anymore, is I go, my name's Jed, like clamp it. And either people are like, what? Or they're like, oh, I get it. Oh. So, <laughs> How's everything yeah. in church and other drug world? Oh, it's good, man. Well, you should know, you co-host stealing son of a... 
<laughs> you know, uh, that's really the only reason I came on here was to aggressively, you know, it's, it's, I, I get things have been going on with you, but you had to come into my world right. and steal my co-host. Do you, you think, think I'd you, be cool with it? Did you hear me actually ask him about that? Uh, no. <laughs> I, yeah. Cause I, I actually was like, um, cause I asked John, I said, Hey man, like how, how, what's, what's your involvement in church and other drugs and all that. And he said, you know, with his schedule and it's kind of your baby and all that. And I was like, well, I didn't even think about asking, like, do you think Jed will be upset? And so I, now I, I see you are very upset. The big old smile on your face. You're pissed. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not upset, dude. I am furious. No, I love giving him. I love giving him crap about it too. It's probably my favorite thing to do. That's funny. That's funny. Well, it's, I'm going to recount something that it's interesting for me to think about because I feel like at this juncture in my and and by the way my my wife and I sat down with a friend for the first time to kind of circle back I guess you could say and recount the days of last fall and man I I picked up this notebook that I had when I was in the hospital and just kind of strummed through the pages it just gave me a sick feeling it was crazy but what's what was interesting is me kind of being off the grid for a while and then entering back into my world. I had, I guess you could say, practice in telling people what happened and kind of recounting things that took place where my wife, on the other hand, had not really dug deep into that sort of conversation and reflection up until last week. And we're talking you know, a couple of months removed from it. It was like a, it was emotionally draining for sure, man. It was, it was crazy. She, and, and I thought about that. I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I've been, I've been doing this a lot talking to people and, and you really haven't had to, had to do that. But I remember talking to you or you and I actually recorded uh, an episode and I think I would consider that maybe somewhere in between. Like I, I kind of see my, depressive episode is like in two halves one was like the summer up until like mid-august and then the the second half which i think was the worst was september and october but i feel like i i felt that i was getting better when you and i recorded but it's you interesting had just gotten back on medicine yeah just so yeah, uh, yeah well, i want to say like a few, maybe two or three weeks into it or something like that it was pretty fresh as i yeah. recall yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, looking back on that, I probably had no business podcasting. That's that's just kind of a, a, a thought that I had. But so I'm just going to tell people some stuff behind the scenes, because when I when I think about it, obviously, there was a misunderstanding. But I think I was even more troubled by the whole situation because of the chemicals in my brain and just where I was at mentally, honestly, because you and I, I, I was thinking that we were going to record an episode and then you were going to in time, like I didn't know when we would do it, but I would release half and you would release half. And then I remember seeing that you, you uh, posted it and I reached out immediately. I was like, dude, what, what are you, what are you doing? I didn't know you were going to do this because I kind of felt like, and, and honestly, I'm, I'm, you see the smile on my face. There's nothing between us with this kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. I just think it's interesting to talk about. But like, I was, I was thinking to myself, dude, I'm not ready for, for people to hear this. And if, if they're going to hear it, I, it needs to be on my territory, my grounds. 
And you and I texted back and forth. I could tell you felt awful. I felt awful. And I just I think about that whole time period. It just makes me sick. It was so well, hard. Ugh. Let me get let me give you even let me let me throw some gasoline on that fire. Cause so <laughs> this is when this is when I was still unmedicated. So I'm going through my own stuff. So you're you're on the upswing. You're getting the cure right, and I get I get this text like you were pissed, dude. It was like it was firm. It was lovingly firm. And lovingly I was firm. Like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I was like, what? So it sent me into this. I you can ask John about it. I was like, I think I really pissed Joey off. I was like, I don't know if we're friends anymore. And <laughs> so I and I wanted to be like, hey man, like you should. I I couldn't properly express that like. So you know when you're depressed and someone does this and it sucks, that's what I that's what's happening to me right now. Right. Cuz I have no medicine and this is just awful. Right. And, but it was it was just it was funny. It was funny yeah. to be cuz I was like you should you should understand that like I am a uh, proverbial proverbially down and you are kicking in the stomach, <laughs> you know, and it was like Yeah, and it's and it's interesting cuz I I I wasn't thinking that and your words are perfectly. I was just like, nah, I, I just have to be, I have to be firm. I have to be honest with where I'm at and, and all of that. But anyway, sorry for that whole ordeal. And I appreciate you being understanding, honestly, because I know what it's like to put, well, yeah. put work well, into and something so- and then it just not even be used. And honestly, I, I, I thought about it and I was like, that conversation to me is a little useless just because oh, see, this is where- so much more has happened. And I don't want to. I don't want to uh, side uh, detract too much. But that's because you said I don't think I had any business podcasting. My f- and you can listen to all my episodes, and I know you do because you're such a big fan. But it's like a it's a it's a real time chronicle of my mental illness, and yeah. I I don't know that there's not value in hearing like. I guess is it you think it's like irresponsible or dangerous or it's just like it's cringy to you but it's like yeah. it's it's real right Yeah I I somewhat retract that I think that I had no business podcasting in uh but but what you're saying could could debunk anything at this point because of the real realness aspect and authenticity but I don't think I had any business in podcasting from a like it, it, it seems like like when I reflect on it, maybe I, I should listen to it. When I reflect on it, it, seems like I felt like I had something almost important to share that I had learned. And now mm. looking back on it, I was in the middle of a shit show and and was deeply troubled. So if I would have taken the approach of, okay, I'm about as lost as lost can be, and I'm trying to figure stuff out, so hit record button. Maybe that'd be a different story. But I, I think I was maybe convinced that I was at a different place than what I really was in. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, so you are crazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's interesting. No, I, I almost think that I, I do want to. I, I I don't know if yeah, because I, that I, audio I still yeah. Um, I I always it's like even dude. Of course, there have been. I gosh, my God, like my mind's changed so much over the years, but it's like, it's just, it's literally like a time capsule almost, or like a yeah. peek behind the curtain where it's like, I think there's value. And especially if people it's cause it, uh, it almost shows you like good grief. There is like this drastic and I get, maybe that's because my underlying philosophy is like, I'm not here to necessarily 
tell you uh, one plus two equals three. It's more like let's. This is just kind of what's going on, and I do kind of use it as like a real time therapy yep. brainstorming. Just you know, vomit of the mouth or whatever. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I guess that yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So I was thinking about this conversation that we're having right now, and I, I don't always take this approach. Like I don't I don't think that it's necessary all the time. But I was thinking like. Back, you know, back in the day where you had to come up with a thesis statement for a paper and then everything you write backs up that thesis statement. But I was thinking, I was like, what, what is the, the main thing that is in my head that I think most of this conversation will center around? And I, and I thought about it and I, I, think, I, think I, I think I have it. So we've all heard that depression and mental illness is a combination of life experiences and things that you believe and take in and, and more, more voluntary things that you're aware of and not aware of. And then you have a physiological aspect of it as well, where your brain is just broken or sick or, or what have you. Now I have not encountered this too often, but I have encountered with people taking the approach of yeah sure 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 it's experiences and physiological they both play a role now that that's settled let's not speak or think about the physiological anymore let's zero in on what you can do differently Mm -hmm. and i interesting and honestly interestingly enough for me i had a hard time seeing myself because because i even bought into that sometimes i had a hard time seeing myself as like trying to think of a terminology that wouldn't be super cheesy well it'll probably be cheesy but almost like an innocent warrior what i mean by that is like (laughs) i took i took the approach of anything i beat or get through i brought it on myself in the first place so there's not much to be proud of not much to celebrate you know does that make sense so yes until professionals said things to me like i i respect the strength that you've shown to get through this. I actually even, I mean, this made me feel really uncomfortable. Someone again at the professional level called me a hero to get through what I got through. And, and that's, that's hard. That's honestly hard for me to hear and accept those sorts of things. My wife, this is more of uh, jokingly, but she, she's sincere. I mean, she, she calls me her Rocky (laughs) because she knows how big I am into the Rocky movies and just, what I went through and just something else would happen and I'd get beat back down and something else would happen. I'd get up, get beat, you know, so in in her mind, that's how she sees it. But I feel like you're even more so than me, uh, a walking proof of the physiological aspect of mental illness, because from what I understand, and I want to get into this with you, you pretty much set your life up to do absolutely everything you possibly could do health wise to stay off medication. I mean, you checked all the boxes. It it seems that way. Like you went after everything. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Almost the, I, I will say the, the one caveat and I still hold it in my head for the future is that if I had, um, if I, if I was in a place where I had a less responsibility driven job, that might have made things easier. So that's okay. the but other than that, yeah, I would say um yeah, sure. Yeah. We we can yeah. we can say that. Yeah, I mean Of course so- there's there's always more things I probably could have done. Like I probably could have gotten more serious into like meditation or yoga. Sure. But, or it begs the question, could I have? Like was I even capable? I don't know. Sure. But yeah, We're- like I, I was doing a a lot. A yeah. lot. 
Well, and, and and I like how you answer that too because it it honestly to me it's kind of like a your answer was like a yes, but don't forget there are things that revolve also around what I do, what I don't do, what I believe, what I don't believe, which lends the credibility to the circumstantial stuff that I don't think we should ever completely discard for sure. Right. Um, do do you know, this was an, this was a thought I had to myself the other day, uh, in thinking about coronavirus and apocalypses, like I always do. Cause I was like, if, if I was, uh, suddenly thrust into a post-apocalyptic society, would I keep taking my depression meds? And my answer yeah. was probably not, and I don't know if I would need them. And then I was like, what does that say? Explain, you know what I'm explain saying? That. Explain that. What do you mean? Like, like why, why would if you I, need if, is it, is it almost to a certain degree that, like, if my life was organized in such a way, I guess you can even make a parallel, like, if I was in, like, a hunter-gatherer society, and we can kind of have this argument, like, if my life would revolved around much less time to sit around and ruminate and more time focused on like, I am hungry. I must get food. I get food. I eat. I need to protect my family. I go to sleep day over, do it again. Would it be what I still would like, you know, would I spend time thinking about wanting to kill myself or would I be too concerned about the saber tooth tiger about to kill me? And it's kind of like, it, and that might be kind of worthless and a chicken or the egg thing because the fact remains that it's 2020. I am a substance abuse counselor. I have a marriage. I'm in school. This is, this is my life. But it, it's, it was interesting to me, like, hmm, how much is, it's, it's, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a smorgasbord of all, probably. Of, it really is. It's, it's, it's impossible yeah. to figure out. So here's my take on that. If I, was born in 3000 BC and was a, am I nailing the timeline? Okay. 3000 BC. Sure. Does that work? Yeah. And, and that was my only concern. And not only was that my only concern to get food and get fed and feed my children, but also my nutritional intake would be drastically different from what it is right now. If that's how it started and that's what my life was always about, I could see myself maybe, maybe never maybe never dealing with with mental illness possibly right. you know just right. just because of that but having gone what i have gone through recently i am pretty convinced that if you were to drastically change the type of life that i'm living it would not have factored in that's 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 yeah. my feel because it wasn't something and and uh a pastor that was helping me through a lot of this who is who is licensed with counseling and psychology and all that he said this and it really was something that i needed to believe because it was reality he said this is something that's happening to you it's happening to you and that was important for me to wrap my mind around because there was there there was there was nothing that i can do i mean it was like it, I've, I've had kidney stones before. When I'm writhing in that physical pain, I can't will myself out of it. I can't do anything to, to get out of it. It's kidney stone pain. And I feel like with the mental illness piece that I went through recently, that I would put them on the same level. Yeah. No, and, and, and I, you know, for sure, right, and I... 
I don't even remember what the oh I do remember what the final straw was which I don't know where we're going exactly but um so I was I made it seven months off medication completely off medication right and how long how long had you been on medication and how consistent was it yeah, so I don't, and I'll just get because I always hate when people talk about this, and then because I'm I'm a big uh, specifics guy. So in 2014, I started Prestique, Wellbutrin, and Rimeron. I stayed on that combination for three and a half years, and Everything why was fine? Why? What were what were your symptoms? Did you have depression, schizophrenia? Yeah. I mean, so bipolar. what was going on then was I had just entered. Um, residential residential drug treatment um so i was a heroin addict among every other thing so um from age 11 i got diagnosed with tourette's because i had really bad facial tics that were like uh exacerbated by anxiety and i had like abandonment issues i um i've been diagnosed borderline personality disorder in my teens uh major depressive generalized anxiety uh, PTSD uh, eventually from a, a armed robbery and all sorts. Oh, and then I had a major. I've had two comas, and one of which was overdosing on a GABAergic medication, which put me in a catatonic seizure state. So you, obviously, that pro- they told my mom if I woke up that I would have some brain damage, and so like I'm sure that did something to my brain. You know, I yeah. can't be naive and think that it did nothing. So. I have mental illness plus decades of extreme drug abuse, IV, methamphetamines, cocaine, heroin, uh, lots of psychedelics. Um, now, so, would, it be, would it be safe to say that the mental illness was potentially a result of all that or two separate things? I had it before. So okay. at, first, at first, I really did drugs as self-medication. Yeah. It took away my took away took away my anxiety, took away my... I was very, very... That's why I bonded with you early. I was also extremely... And I'd never heard the term of the, um, what is the religious OCD you talk about? Scrupulosity? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly, you know, I prayed the sinner's prayer all the time. I had end times anxiety. I had, um, specifically around sexual sin, I had all this guilt and I felt dirty at like a fundamental level. Like I am dirt and sin incarnate sort of thing. Um, and drugs kind of took that away and just made right. me able to press it to the side. Um, so I would say mental illness was first, and then it just got worse. Yeah. Because then I started, I've been on, you know, I went years of, you know, when you're a teen, or when I was a teenager, I would take medicine sporadically and, like, not with regularity. So I'm just rubber balling myself, like, all over the place. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so finally in um, 2014, I got sober and... Started on the Prestique, Wellbutrin, and Rimeron, and things were good. Things were good. Um, that's what I attribute finally, or at least a huge part of finally being able to get sober, because I think I got medicated correctly. Um, but then, like a lot of medications, it just tuckered out, right? It just seemed to stop working. Um, and I was like, you know what? I think I want to try being off medicine. And... Hmm. So I think I got I got off the Rimeron first, then I got off the uh, Wellbutrin, then I got off the Prestique, which was all awful. You you know how that goes. Getting off um, of it. Yeah. 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 And then, so I got off of it, and I did okay. 
for a couple months maybe, and then I started to have really bad. I've also, since as far back as I can remember, I've had like intense suicidal ideation. It's almost just like my default mode is just a, a morbid suicidal emo kid, I guess, but like at a serious level, right? Um, that's probably why I got into like emo music. Um, so I started having suicidal thoughts again and I was like, okay, maybe I should do something about this. And, um, I've always been, I've also looked into like supplements and nootropics, like brain enhance, enhancing chemicals and stuff, trying to, I'm always, you know, I, I research brain science. I'm always trying to fiddle with, I'm just trying to fix myself. Right. right. I've always just not felt right. But for some reason, I started this vendetta against medication because I, I really, I can't even tell you why. But, um, well, let I me met chime a friend. In, that, let me chime in real quick. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, like what a lot of people don't realize is it, it can mess you up a little bit sexually. It can dull your emotions to where you, you, don't feel as deeply moved by movies and music and that sort of thing. Yeah. I'm actually pretty thankful because I don't think that those side effects are that severe for me this time around. But those are sort those are the sort of things that you kind of value in life, and you don't want yes. medicine to come in and disrupt that. Like those are some things yes. that you you hold very dearly: your sexuality, your ability to feel deep emotions. Those are super important things. So that that was a big one for me. Oh yeah, and, and, and weight gain. Yeah, and another one for me was. Exactly what you said as far as your medications puttering out. It's like, I don't want to be dependent on something that may just flake out at some point. Yeah. You know? I don't oh, want yeah. that. Yeah. And like, what's this doing long term? Like, what is this? And just reading paper after paper about like, do these even work? And we don't even know why these work. And what right. are these doing? And we're not really sure. But right. here you go. And big pharma and money and just all this bullshit. And yeah. So I got suicidal again, and I met a friend. What year are we at now? Uh, this is around 15, 16, probably okay. 16. Yep. Um, I met a friend that had, was on uh, Trintelix, which was a newer drug, yep. and sh it sounded attractive, and I was like, I'll try that. So I, so the whole time I continued to see my psychiatrist, which I, I think is important, um, and I would just tell him, like, hey, you know, like I told him, hey, I want to get off. And, okay, I'm off, and we'll just monitor it. And so I came back, and I was like, hey, I want to try Trintelix. Tried that. Didn't work out. Made me really irritable. But now I was like, okay, maybe I'll try medicine again. So um, got back on Wellbutrin, and he put me on Zoloft after that. And this is about uh, 18, 19. My dates might be messed up, but. It's all good. Doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. And so that at first, I was like, "Oh, this is like what I've been looking for forever. This is great." Uh, I felt awesome, like the best. It was like it was the best of medicine had worked like ever, and I was like, "Oh, hell yeah, this is great." And uh, I was on fifty milligrams and one hundred and fifty of Wellbutrin, fifty Zoloft, and so I was like, "Well, if fifty makes me feel good, let's bump that sucker on up and feel yeah. even better." And bumped it up to a hundred, and it, almost within days, it just I just started become like apathetic and zombified, and no lust for life, and hated it, and I was like. 
I remember um so that it was uh that King's Kaleidoscope song A Prayer was one of my go to emotional zenith songs to where at the end where he says, You know I died once too um, I was terrified. I would always start crying, and I remember I was driving to church morning, put that song on, and I felt nothing, and I was like, this is awful. I would rather be a crying mess than be this, right. so I was like, all right, Doc, I'm getting off the Zoloft. Um, getting off of it, That this is when you were going through your stuff, and this is when, right when I um, started getting off, so... Got yeah, off I, re- of it. I remember. I remember sitting in the car. I had just pulled up to the house after dropping my boys off at a party. We were going to go see the Lemonheads that night, and you were kind of asking for, I, I guess, somewhat of advice with with where I was at with not being on medication. And I remember talking to you and thinking to myself, "I don't really have any. Like, I, I'm not well. Like, I wasn't in a deep depression, but my." It wasn't like a painful anxiety, but I had such crazy off the charts energy that was unhealthy. That was, it was like the energizer bunny that would never, ever stop. And at some point your body and your brain's like, you got to chill out and I can't chill out. And so I could tell there was just, there was, I I was unhealthy, but I I was just like, well, I mean, all I can do is tell Jed what I'm going through and I'm no doctor. I'm no counselor. I can't give him that. So I'll just tell him how I'm doing. But I I just, I recall that conversation and I remember I wasn't doing well. I I forgot though. You were the, you were one of the catalysts for me getting off medication. So I ordered, um, (laughs) well, it was a couple (laughs) things and I don't make, this is, this is where, and this is this, this is part of it. This is where it's so frustrating to me is all I wanted in this situation. A, I wanted, I, I started to feel distant from God and I began to suspect medication played a role in that. B, all I wanted was an answer from God. Yes or no, do this or that. And I just wasn't getting it. I read uh, Spurgeon's Sorrows, which was this book about Charles Spurgeon and his depression. And it was by a Christian psychologist. I, um, my mom sent me this book called like depression prescriptions and conscriptions or something like that. And it was like another Christian counselor's view on depression. And I was reading all this stuff and I was like, I don't know. And then I heard that you got off and I was like, okay, maybe I can, which is just kind of, you know, when you're, when you are at a place where you want answers from God it's and this is where I start to doubt myself because I'm I'm looking for signs I'm looking for answers and I think I see them and then I have to act on faith. Did God put my psychiatrist in my life? Is he the one I'm supposed to trust? Is he the mouth mouthpiece of God in this? Did I make a an inherent mistake by trying him? Is he the wrong? Do- you know, it's all this stuff and maybe that's part of my mental illness. Now that I'm saying it out loud, but it was. This is the stuff that someone goes through. This isn't, and I know it's so frustrating with my family and my wife because he's on medicine, he's off medicine, and my podcast listeners where it's like, okay, yeah, it's almost like a joke at this point, but it's, this is not a willy-nilly decision. It's, it's because I know how much, I mean, literally, it could result in my death, you, you know, if we're really brass tacks about it. Like, this right. is something that if I handle incorrectly, I could either end up using again or i could just effing shoot myself and like that's reality so this is all i'm going through so i decided to get off and um but 
this time. And really, I based this off of one message board that I read on Reddit where one person was like, it it, it took me like 18 months to fully detox from the depression meds. And I was like, okay, maybe that's what I did wrong was I didn't give it enough time. So I gave myself about a year timetable that I was going to be off of medication. Come hell or high water, that was just, you're going to have to suffer through it. And so that's what I did. The first month uh was awful and and i'm also working as a counselor which is you can relate if because you do christian counseling but like when you're not okay i certainly have a hard time giving any cares about what's going on with you right you know what i'm saying and so that was just so hard it was like am i gonna have to take off time for work and but, you know, I got through the hard part, and then, you know, the natural emotions came back, and I remember I uh, was watching Avengers Endgame with my wife one night, and uh, for some reason, when, spoiler alert, Iron Man died, I lost it and just shattered and just cried, and I was like, this is what I've been waiting for, and I was yeah. so, like, I like was happy so that happy. you're experiencing those emotions? So happy. Yeah. You, I was going to say, you have no idea, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I was so happy. And, like, it's an odd feeling where it almost, like, transported me back to the mindset when I was in high school. And I was like, I remember how this feels. This is This is normal. This is me. And then it got to a place where I was like, I kind of feel how I felt on the medicine. Like, I don't feel any different. And that's when I was like, so was it even doing anything? And then fast forward and And what all else were you doing health wise? Exercising Yeah, I I was eating eating moderately well, not like on any sort of special diet, but uh exercising like four to five times a week, like intense weightlifting, um, a little bit of cardio, sauna, steam room, um being outside, um, being involved in a men's uh, small group as well as a men's recovery group, um, talking to tons of people, being very honest. Uh, I did not have a therapist at the time, but I have not an official therapist, but I had many people that I used and, and some of them that professionally are therapists. But yeah, I was... No. So yep. no, but yes, kind of. Yeah. Um yeah, so things like that. Make I was, you know, I got really back into um my art. I was pretty prolific producing artwork, which was good. Um, were you ever at a point where you thought you ha- it sounds like you were at a point where you thought you had arrived and medicine was something of the past and you were good to go? Yes. And and how how quick did that take to crumble beneath your feet? <laughs> pretty quick. Pretty quick. Like uh, Because well, what's, it, what's, it, inter- what's interesting is I, I obviously it's not possible to have like a scale of what your pain was like with what my pain was like and I'm thinking to myself if Jed felt what I felt like in September and October there wouldn't have been an option or choice but to get back on medication but I don't want to say that maybe you and I'm not. I'm not saying this to be silly. Maybe you have a higher threshold for emotional pain. But like when I think about where I was at 
and and my darkest time there was not a choice like for me to stay off medication was playing with fire there was no right. way around. and i think well and for a slight difference was i i knew what i was signing up for because i've gone on and off so many times and with you it's been a decade or so since you've tried to get off right so it's like right. I, I knew the hell that i was signing up for and uh so there was a certain amount of like okay i i was able to say like okay this the way i'm feeling is a product of what of what i'm going through right and then things just started to become like intolerable like my uh facial tics came back which had been gone for a long time and they came back like with a vengeance um where I would uh, just blow air out of my nose, like a, a sniffle, except I was blowing air out. And, uh, I mean, like, to the point where, like, I, you know, like, physically wanting it to stop and it wouldn't, just awful things like that. My my anxiety and worry um, was getting through the roof. I would, my wife came home one day and she was like, what, what are you doing? And I had just been on uh, YouTube watching my favorite suicide scenes from movies, like, over and over and over just like with headphones on just you know really ruminating romanticizing like i don't want to do this i was considering completely changing professions uh quitting my job yeah um i considered drinking again like just i was like you know maybe i'll just go work some minimum wage job move just start drinking and like whatever dude like screw right. all this like responsibility I was uh, starting school again, and it seemed so overwhelming to me. Um, I my like hypochondria was out of control, and w- w- it finally came to a, a head where um, my wife had gotten the flu, and I basically gave myself the flu, like complete symptoms. I had to call out of work for two days. But I didn't have the flu. I, I got tested. I didn't even have it. I wasn't even sick, but I was sick. And, like, I, like I went on – I was – I remember the day because I was at work, and I went on this crazy uh, message board search tangent about, like, flu. I don't know. It was just, like, a really, like, insane person's dive into the flu and I gave it to myself and I had it and I was worried and what was I going to do about work and I stayed home from work for two days and I never even had the flu and I was like okay yeah okay <laughs> like this is this is getting ridiculous and it was like I kind of had to decide somewhere and this is kind of a God thing where like I was praying for an answer and all, all along I'm praying God why aren't you healing me what is going on here um Somewhere in my research, I read about Prozac and how it's uh, it was like the first one and it's relatively easily tolerated and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, maybe that's, you know, because I was always looking for, that's why I was always asking you, like, what are, what are you on? what What's working for you? Because um, I wanted, you know, I knew that if I was getting back on, I'm going back on this stupid roller coaster for at least a little bit. So I got my doctor to write me a prescription to Prozac, but I just never filled it. So I, I sat on that prescription for like three months, um, and then the flu thing happened, and I, it was like a. It sounds so dramatic, but it's like I, I sat there 
on a Monday morning and my wife was there so she can attest and I'm just staring at the bottle of Prozac and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this or not. Like, Almost like an alcoholic that's looking at a beer yes, bottle. Yes, dude. You know, that that's exactly I quit, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I was like, I'm either going to swallow this or throw it in the toilet, dude. And, and that's what it felt like for me. I was like, I don't want to effing do this. And I just like, I don't, you know, who knows what, what motivated me, but I, I took it. I was like, well, all right, there we go. Done. And, um, of course, thanks to placebo effect, the next day I felt completely better. I was like, oh, wow, this is great. Right. Uh, but getting on Prozac was, was awful. That was awful. It gave me the most insane rebound anxiety I've ever encountered. And I was like, oh, my God, like this is not going to work out. But everything I read said that this is what everyone goes through with this. You just have to give it like like a solid four weeks, and I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it, but I did, and um, man, like I was really angry at how many problems it solved. Like my skin cleared up, like my ticks stopped. I my I was a better therapist. I was not dreading going to work. I, my imagination oh that was the other thing I was like I was ready to stop doing the podcast I was just so over everything and then all of a sudden I'm having these ideas for the podcast again and why'd and that make you mad you're just like why do I have to be dependent on medication yeah because it confirmed for me that maybe I'm actually sick yeah and I was mad you know I didn't want to Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't want to have to be on medicine, man. I right. really don't. But I've conceded. I, I have conceded yeah. to a lifelong use yeah. of medication. I, I personally have, and I don't think that I'll ever go through what I went through last year because I'm never going to completely deplete my body from SSRIs again. Now, I, I, I understand that it's probably in the cards for my current medication to potentially fizzle out a little bit and have to switch over to something else. But I really and truly, and this isn't like false hope or anything, I don't think I'll ever go through what I went through because I'm never going to be completely off of medication. And I mean, for crying well, out loud, my dad is in his seventies and he's still on medication. He has been since he was in his late thirties. So it's like, that's, that's my, that's my journey. I mean, some people have to do insulin for decades. I'm on antidepressants. That's my thing. (laughs) And, and, and honestly, from a spiritual perspective, that's like my thorn. That's what I can point to and tell people I am a weak ass human. I don't know how much of this I brought on my own. I don't know how much of this is just physiological. All I know is that I cannot function without it. And it is very, sometimes it's comical, sometimes it makes me mad, and it doesn't happen too often, but I actually had a voicemail recently of some well-intentioned person reaching out to me and who who really did love me, but said something along the lines of, I really think God wants you to step out in faith and believe for your (sighs) healing. I'm like, dude, do you not think that if there is a spiritual answer to all of this, I have done it. I have pursued it. I have asked for it. And if God wants me better and makes it that hard to get better, then he's a sadistic God. He's like, yeah, "Yeah, I want your healing, but you're going to have to figure it out. And it's going to be the hardest puzzle you've ever encountered. That's just a jerky, weird God. I I started having straight up, thoughts of like maybe i should try witchcraft 
And I'm like, <laughs> oh not, gosh. I'm not even kidding. Like it, it was kind of a joke, but in my head, I was like, maybe there's something to it. Like maybe that, maybe like I'm barking up the wrong tree here because this ain't working. And then a, another scary thought I had this time around was also. Not that my spiritual problem got fixed, but I was able, my mind was calm, and I'm able to reach out to God and have more faith. And a scary thought I had was like, wait a minute, man, it was God just chemical? And that really, I yeah. did not like, you know, I didn't, I sure. don't even like verbalizing it here. It feels icky, but it, it was, you know, it was a scary thing. And, and I guess that's, that's kind of my internal struggle of like, what, what is, Whatever, it's all exhausting. I guess it, it doesn't even really matter, and it's overthinking everything to death. But it, it was, it was like, man, you know, why? You know, maybe, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's just it. It's, it's that it. In my mind, you know, maybe this was my prayer being answered, my desperation, please, because I didn't, you know, why did I suddenly fall into Prozac? Why did I do, you know, what led me here? And like, it is working and may, maybe this is just how God was answering my prayer. And that's kind of what I just am going on. Um, yeah. And I was able to, uh, to tear up and cry a little bit still. still. So that's yeah. a plus. I was yeah. super stoked about that. Yeah. Are you now at a place <laughs> where you have kind of conceded to lifelong medication use or you haven't given up on potentially in the future? No, nope. I don't think I'll ever concede, dude. That's yeah. just not in me. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> but, I, but I have, I think I've conceded for like the foreseeable future. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So why, why yep. in, in your profession do you see in the next couple of decades where you and I will God willing be still alive, is there going to be medication that is like unbelievably more effective or even ways of like fixing the brain and just removing this struggle altogether? There are promising stuff. The problem is we still can't agree on what causes it. Right. So that's why the, you know, there's like the new camp that thinks it's all about inflammation and the inflammation is, is the root cause of everything or right. that it's diet. So lay off the sugar. Yeah. Lay off the sugar or right. it's, it's these neurotransmitters, but even that's the whole SSRI thing. They don't really know why that affects depression. They can't really tell you decisively why it works. And you know, the, the placebo studies and I think the stuff that's exciting to me are like psilocybin, ketamine, um, the magnetic resonance I've heard good things about. Um, even apparently like ECT, like electroconvulsive therapy has yeah. made leaps and bounds. Yeah, and I did apparently that. That's not... Oh, did you? Yeah. Did you lose any memories? How did it work for you? Um, I won't get into the whole thing, but I... Yeah, am, just give me a brief. Yeah, so I there's so many variables because I was having therapy, medication, and ECT treatments, like lots of ECT treatments. And so for me personally, I don't think that I can say with assurance that it was effective, but all the professionals said, yes, that was a huge part of your recovery. And as far as huh. the memory loss, it was minimal, if if anything at all, like basically what they said is you would potentially forget stuff that happened that morning. Like if you go at 12 o'clock, you may forget what you talked to your dad about at 10 o'clock, but I didn't experience any of that at all. And mm. yeah, so I'll chalk it up as a huge part of my recovery. And I actually yeah. talked to a, a, a sweet 
older woman at my church, like literally grandma sort of age. And she approached me and said, I'm just so proud of you of what you've gone through. And just want to tell you how much we love you and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And she actually told me that to this day, she does an ECT treatment, I think once a month. And that's actually all she needs. And I have heard in the medical profession that they are now scratching their heads wondering, why don't we do this as a first uh, you know, why isn't this the first resort yeah, first, instead of the last resort? Yeah. And, um, right. you know, that's, that's interesting. Probably cause because it's, cause it's, cause it's dang old getting electrocuted. Dude. Right. That just seems so barbaric and right. hardcore. But, but they have, they have perfected it to where it's, it's not, yeah, it's, it's, it ain't nothing. There's no risk. There really is. Yeah. no risk. Right. No, no more than, than medication. So yeah, yeah I think the, the future will, yes, I, I do have, you know, like, Neuroscience is advancing. I think we just need, like, all, we need new, this is why I'm big, a reason I'm big on, like, decriminalization of of drugs is really so that researchers can quit being hamstrung by, like, they just can't research on things. That's why, like, psychedelics were so untouchable for so many years, because they're like, no medical value, don't, it was such a pain in the ass to mess with them but now you know who knows like what what's out there and all they've been doing is just creating these new novel ssris that target new and specific receptor sites that like is mostly just bullshit to to sell these hyper expensive new drugs that aren't really more effective than the old ones they're just these like new like crazy oh it's the new thing it'll it hits your in one, you know, MDMI, like blah 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 blah. And it's like, well, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I I would like to think so. Like, I think a lot of things need to change, uh, profit incentives, and but we've you know, hopefully some some new minds are, are out there, and we have a new understanding of of depression, and yeah, yeah. I don't know. I hope so. Yeah. So what I was talking about I, earlier in the episode, do you have a hard time giving yourself credit for being strong? getting through stuff, persevering, like, is that a tough one for you to grapple with? And do you think it's important to figure out how to embrace that sort of mentality? I think, yeah, I I guess I do because, because I take it for granted just because like someone at my work heard one of my stories on my podcast and they told me they cried. And I was like, what? I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess it is like, like I'm so desensitized to it that it's, it ain't nothing, but I guess it's like, Oh yeah, I've been through some insane things. Um, I, I used to be really, I, I used to think that God had made me so that I was so good at overcoming adversity and adding to my testimony that that was my lot in life, that he was just going to keep throwing these crazy-ass trials and tribulations so that I would turn to him and make it through and add to my story. And so I was like, I am so tired of, you know, can we just chill for a while? Can I just be good? So, um, yeah, I guess it is hard for me to, because I don't, it's like, I don't. I mean, did I even do anything to make it through, or or was I carried? I mean, I, I guess I could have. I, I don't know, man. That's, well, I mean, that's even a tough even one. even from the standpoint of not killing yourself, or even from the yeah. standpoint of I, I do give myself props for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I would have been much easier, right? I would even say, regardless of how you 
existed through time. You existed through time, and now you're on the other side of something. To me, yeah. whether or not that's something you credit yourself for having done something effectively, you still can look back on that and be like, I weathered that storm, I'm on the other side of it, and for sure you're a stronger person for it. I mean, there's there's, yeah. there's no getting around that. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely something that I is it's a new <laughs> it's a new idea for me, and so many people that I have such deep respect for are some of the influencers that I think they're helping me see things more from that perspective, which you know goes along with loving yourself and obviously that's very biblical we're told to love others as we love ourselves and that's something that i have a hard time with whole nother episode yes, i guess <laughs> for sure yeah anything else you yeah, want to add man this has been great um yeah i think well because and i get so in regards to transparency and being vulnerable about my story yeah, I'm not a doctor and your mileage may vary just like yours. Like don't I think it's perfectly fine to crowdsource information um and make educated decisions about your mental health because it is your decision, but don't don't base it on what I'm saying, don't base it on what Joey's right. saying or even necessarily only what your doctor is saying. Like, you know, consult lots of things. Definitely you don't have to be miserable. Um, you don't have to sit in that. Like I, I would seek, and I think you're naturally going to seek a solution to it. And it just might be the, the wrong one if you're not careful. So it's, you know, something to pray about, um, talk to people about and, and educate yourself about. Don't just take things at, at face value. It's really easy to do your own research on stuff these days. Um, but yeah, man, just, you know, and don't kill yourself above yeah. all. Just make it through. That's go. the big one. That's go. the big one. Keep on, keep on, keeping on. Yep. All right, and dude. Listen, listen to church and other drugs. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's on top of your list, man. You do that, and you're you're that's that's half the battle. <laughs> yep. And then throw in another little pastor with no answers episode every now and then, and that'll that'll that's like your second medication. Like exactly. you'd be the Zoloft, yep. that'd be the Wellbutrin. <laughs> that's the yep. That's <laughs> that's the chaser. <laughs> Sweet. All right, I'm hitting stop.
Carry you in It's like you're sweating 